2: I've been wandering around for a bit, but now we are back in Hawklore, where there's a new adventure, The Trail of the Hawk, and it's description is, a four foot tall statue can't just vanish overnight, start the adventure, Buck. So there we have it, sighs Pilypaw, kicking up dirt with the toe of his boot. Just to, just to the right of the broad square impression, the centre of the village's main square. I mean, just think of it. The old bird must have weighed half a ton. I don't think even Zoop would have been able to move it. Just a jest, my friend. But anyway, what do you make of it? Stepping out of the midst of a small crowd, which includes a dozen bewildered villagers, a concerned Captain Millark. And four, four do- and four astonished soldiers. You stoop at the edge of the impression. You stoop at the edge of the impression and examine the spot upon which the village's most famous land- landmark once stood. At daybreak, only a couple of hours ago, the village, the village awoke to discover that that, that the statue of the majestic hall that stood for more than three generations in the centre of the square had vanished under the cover of darkness. As you, exa- As you examine the impression, court takes to inciting the gathered villagers to anger and laughter, and laughter, but declaring in a darkly humorous fashion, that those responsible should promptly be hunted down and immediately drawn and quartered. He's right about his books, says Captain mullark speaking softly as he stoops down at your side and stares at the size of an indentation. Half-dozen men couldn't hope to budge it, and the idea that this is some sort of tomfoolery is too inconceivable a thing. There's something sinister behind this. As the crowd disperses, a handful of the onlookers trail behind Pridipore as he returns to the stone back. You stroll along with Captain Millark as he and the, four, and the four soldiers make their way back to the nearby outpost. Over a mug of steaming payload, in the room that serves as Captain Millark's private quarters, the veteran commander tells you that the disappearance of the statue promptly sent a whipple of fear through the village. Another in a long series of strange, unsettling events, he says. I've no doubt our old foe, that is, Woundskin, of course, is at the heart of it. But But to what end? He aspires by such acts. Who can say? Still, if we could somehow find the statue, might hope to set minds at ease for a while. Perhaps it will, after all, turn out to be some ill-conceived jest, though I'll stake nothing of any import on such a notion. When you tell the captain, you will make every effort to find and recover the statue, who sense he is profoundly relieved. He thanks you and tells you that while he believes the, the missing statue will be found somewhere in the vicinity of the village, if it is to be found at all, he has nothing solid upon which to base his conviction. This might interest you, says Captain Millark. Millark, as you're preparing to leave, I found this on the western edge of the village a couple of days back, meaning to show it to you. Cap- Captain Millark produces a small flat stone and hands it to you. The coin sized stone, blazoned with a mark of wound skin. Identical to the others you've recently discovered, and I now have how many were you? ten of them. It's markings, a cause for long, he says, fidgeting with the hilt of his sheath sword. But it's how I came upon it that is most unsettling. It was lying in the middle of the road that leads up to Westworld, surrounded by a dazzling wing of light. It's as if it was left there in the hopes it would be discovered. Just something else to drive us nearer to the end, end of our wits, I suppose. You can find in Kill- Captain Millark about the identically marked stones you found previously. He nods, then smiles. Well then, I right to give you that one too, he says. I'll ask my men if any others have been found. If there are others about. I'll see to it they end up in your hand, Zoop. Oh, we can only pray for an end to it all. You thank the captain for the wound marked stone and promise to keep him informed of your progress as you search for the missing hawk statue. He tells you to take care and says that he will increase the size of the night watch to help set the villagers' minds at ease. If I were you, I would likely start my search right here, he says, referring to the village. It's like as not that it will be found somewhere nearby. With that, you bid Captain Millarck farewell and prepare to embark on on the rather strange mission of locating the wayward, wayward statue. You have to search far and wide, wide for to find home, any hope of recovering the missing statue. A few clues along along the way should help point you in the in the right direction. Of course, it's helpful to remember. Remember Captain Millark's suggestion. All right, there's a description here. Only a ship description has changed. Only a shallow impression. The centre of the village square serves to re- ser- re- remains to mark the spot upon which the large statue of the majestic hawk once stood. The entire village is counting on the most famous and capable visitor. That is, of course, you. To discover the fate of the Beloved Landmark. Okay. Let's see. I guess I'm going to explore the village of Hawthorne. Nothing of importance. Nothing of importance. Nothing of importance. Keep exploring. Four wild dogs. Obviously I have to subdue them. Yes. Now, stay still and let me pet you. But they want away, so I can't pet them. Which is naughty. Yeah, keep looking around. Five wild dogs. Subdue these two. Always subdue the wild dogs. Yes. If you don't subdue them, I will be disappointed in you. Yes. You want, uh, maybe... You know what? A couple more clicks. And then I'll just pause until something turns up. Six wild dogs. Subdue these ones too. Okay. I'm going to call off for now. Okay, I'm going to pause until something new turns up. We've got a suddenly, which means something new has turned up. In the forest, south and west of the village. You happen upon an unwelcome sight. What? Uh, refresh. Continue. Stepping through the forest, heading towards Hawklaw the silence of its movement, portrayed only by the crunch produced by its heavy footfalls, is an iron otorok. The otorok quickly catches sight of you and starts in your direction. But as it approaches, you immediately note that the iron being never once raises or even moves its arms. As the fierce motor rock draws to the melee range, it suddenly halts all movement and stands directly in front of you, as still as a statue. Despite this strange turn of events, you have no desire to allow this menace to roam about so near to the village. With that thought foremost in your mind, promptly engage the sinister creation it's an iron walk and it's still uh, that's a killer the the iron owork otor- uh, makes no noticeable attempt to counter your attack yeah but it's still but even without trying it still did me five damage because I rolled uh, a 2. And I think that's just hard-coded into the battle system, that that if you roll a two, you get some damage, and it'll, be, it'll probably be way more trouble than it's worth to, to code it so it doesn't do damage this time. And then, and then it will make the entire battle system more clunky for everything probably. It keeps just sitting there and taking my smashes. No noticeable attempt to counter your attack, but it still manages to do some damage, because presumably, when I roll a 2, it's not it that's damaging me, it's just I hit it in such a way that I hit it wrong, and I, I tear my fucking somehow put my back out trying to hit it too hard or something that's what's really happening it's not actually hurting me whether i wall a 1 or a 2 I'm hurting myself somehow and it is slain but will it stay slain? will we now reveal what it what's it's plan is? is it going to blow up? let's see 5xp the Iron Truck staggers back, collapses into a heap on the forest floor. Before you can catch your breath, however, a bright orange glow envelops its remains. For with unnerving speed, the fallen Otorok rises to his feet, but once again, the Iron Being stands completely still. Oh, so you could turn off the attack thing, but you couldn't turn off the resurrection thing. Or maybe there's another scheme. Without a second thought. You launch a second assault against the motionless iron being. Here it is. Still making no noticeable attempt to counter my attack. It's just standing there. Just taking it. It's taking it on the chin. It's iron chin. And iron everything else. It is slain. Another 5xp. The Iron Otorok again topples the ground, but as before, a-, a bright orange glow envelops its remains. Once again, the, I- the Otorok rises to its feet and stands before you, as still as the surrounding trees. You swiftly assail the Iron Being. Begin combat. The Iron Truck makes no noticeable attempt to counter your attack. Okay, and... Still, it's just, it's just taking it. And it is slain now. 5 XP. The Iron Truck staggers backwards and topples to the ground. You maintain your combat ready stance expecting your metal foe will again wise, but this time it is not. Of course it's not wising again. Wall of three, my man, wall of three. Yes, yes, I don't think I've ever encountered anything that's risen more than more than twice. Clutched in the bent, twisted slivers of the iron Oak's white hand, you discover a small scrap of tattered yellow paper that bears a curious phrase Claws of Iron The paper emits a white glow as you hold it in your hands. After studying the strange note for, for several moments, you check it you tuck it safely in amongst your other possessions. Prepare to set off on your way. I now have a tattered scrap of paper. This is the scrap of tattooed yellowed paper you discovered during your search for the missing sca- hawk statue. This piece of, the, of paper bears a curious phrase that seems to be some sort of clue. The paper emits a faint white glow any time you hold it in your hands. The scrap of ba- paper bears the following phrase, Claws of Iron. To review the clue found on the note you acquired, click on the tattered scrap of paper listed amongst your miscellaneous items, and I've just done that. Alright, Claws of Iron. Claws of Iron. Yeah. Now, there just happens to be an Iron Claw weapon market in Talinus, which is the capital city, it's in ancient Telsa. And here it is. Visit the Ironclaw Weapon Market. The Ironclaw Weapon Market, located in what was once a city watchtower, is a place where a variety of merchants peddle a wide array of weaponry. The weapons available for purchase here range from the extraordinary to the from the ordinary to the extraordinary. One merchant, a man named Perth Kinbot, is displaying a fantastic array of exotic weaponry at, at the table near the back of the marketplace. Look at his wares. Perth Kinbot smiles as he approached and he waves his large hand over the multitude of exotic weapons that cover the surfaces of the table. Though none of the weapons are enchanted, there are exceptional instruments of battle. I can view them all Yep, yeah, they're all there's the Phoengium Doom Blade. Long swords of this type are standard issue for the elite within the Fwingding army. The blade of this weapon is impossibly sharp and very strong. This weapon is of exceptional quality. There's a goblin war sword. This short sword was once the deadly tool of a fierce goblin warlord. Its merciless blade has no doubt tasted its share of human blood. This weapon is of superior quality. It's a bone spear. This spear is said to have been pulled from the wreckage of a ship in Knorr Bay. It is carved completely out of, out of the bone of some mammoth creature. This weapon is of superior quality. It's a bejeweled dagger. I'm, just, I'm reading these only for the description. It's are kind of fun. The, hint at the hilt of this beautiful weapon is studded with four large rubies. This weapon is of exceptional quality. It's a Zorian lord's mace. This devastating bashing weapon was once the property of a Zorian lord. What is a Zorian lord? This weapon is of exceptional quality. It's the Varathian Oak Staff. This this staff is crafted out of a solid length of Varathian Oak. This weapon is of superior quality. And then, finally, there's a silver hafted axe. The haft of this extraordinarily sharp axe is forged out of silver. This is a weapon fit for a king. This weapon is of exceptional quality. Now, the thing is... The way they're described, they look kind of like unique items. What happens if I buy this bone spear? Okay, I'm gonna buy it. I'm gonna look Yes, yes. Aha Okay, so each all of the items here are unique. Which means if you're if you wanna Collect one of every item, which you probably do, because that's what people do. Then you have to go here and buy a lot of them. And then you can just store them in your residence and never, ever use them. Just something to consider. Alright, go back. Continue on the way. And... Boring weapons in the regular iron claw Weapon Market, leave the Weapon Market, suddenly. As you're making your way out of the Weapon Market, a group of four children, three girls and a boy, approach you. One of them, a dark-haired lad of perhaps ten, steps forward and hands you, you a tattered scrap of yellowed paper. Your eyes are immediately drawn to the curious face drawn across the, across the wrinkled surface. Atop an emerald crown, the paper emits a faint white glow as you hold it in your hands. You asked the boy where he found the note, and he tells you that a, wo- that a woman gave it to him as he and his band were passing the market only a short while ago. The lady told us you'd be by soon, he says, looking away from you as he speaks. She told us what you looked look like, and we waited for you here. She told us you'd have a gold token for each of us. The four young children stare up at you, their faces bearing a look of hopeful expectation. And this is a fateful decision. Inexplicably, you fear your destiny may in some way be linked to the choice you are about to make. What that what these what how it's linked we don't yet know. I'm gonna give each of them one gold token. Now, I don't know how you can do that because it, it if you have one action give you a an reward and the other doesn't, everyone's going to do the same. I mean they could give gift rewards, maybe. Or maybe it's just you know, text. It could just be text. Text is fun. Decide. So uh, uh, well, well, if they helped out. I'll give them a gold token. You hand each of the children a gold token. Watch as their faces always seem to glow as they acquire the coins. Each child bows pol- politely, and then the four of them turn and dart off along, along the bustling street outside the weapon market. After studying the strange note for several minutes, tuck it in amongst your other possessions before making your way out of the market. Okay, and the second scrap of paper bears the following phrase, atop an emerald crown. Now, emerald crown, emerald crown. Well, there is this place called Emerald Crown Island, which we went to a long time, quite a long time ago, when we were, when we were finding the second piece of Umbral's wit, that's in the barrow, That's on off to Iron Crown Islands in the near the battlegrounds. So I'm going to Westmere, visit the Mifty Lock, teleport to Iron Crown Island, enter the battlegrounds. Okay. Take a trek to the sheltered cove. As you make your way along a winding trail that cuts through the wider, more dangerous Norwegian Iron Crown Island, then people on uneventful strike you arrive at the sheltered cove on the north shore of the island. The the dark, frigid waters of the Bowerlock churn as they pass through the narrow inlet that allows them into the small, sheltered cove on the northern shore of Iron Crown Island. To the north, almost on the horizon, you can make out the green blot that is Green green Thorn Island, rising up out of the shadowy depths of the loch. The base of the cove, hovering only inches off the ground, against the the base of a steep cliff, is a swirling blue portal. Step into the portal. You step into the portal, and immediately tumble into a dark, silent void. Moments later, you are again standing on solid ground, on the southern shore of Green Island. Alright, yep, here we are again. You are standing on the stony stretch of ground, on the southern shore of Green Island. To the north, a seemingly endless series of rolling green hills. Sparsely dotted with patches of stunted trees, rise up into the sky. Two surprisingly well worn paths, one to the northeast and the other to the northwest, lead up to a faint, flat, treeless summit that crowns the island's steep, treacherous terrain. Behind you, at the edge of the dark, frigid waters of the loch, hovers a swirling blue portal as identical to the one. You've stepped onto on the cove on Iron Crown Island. I'm just going to northeast path. Quarter of the way, just going to keep going, keep going northeast. Now halfway, northwest, three quarters northwest. You're standing on the broad, flat, treeless summit that overlooks all of Green Thorn Island. Paths lead down from the southwestern and southeast southeastern edges of this plateau. Towards the middle of the summit, partially concealed by by the low ober of a ridge that pokes up through the earth, is a wide, semicircular impression. A stony path leads down to a large, square slab of red stone resting in the centre of the hollow. Enter the hollow and examine the stone slab. Suddenly, okay, that means I'm on the right track. A savage snarl from behind shatters the silence and sends your pulse racing. Instinctively, you spin about to face the unknown source of the menacing sound, only to have your eyes fall upon a sinister and unwelcome sight. Standing less than ten yards from you is the savage, armour-clad ogre, you previously inc- encountered in the crumbling tower tower near Hawclaw, a pair of fierce, bright eyes peer through the narrow slit, the black iron howl fitted over the creature's broad head, clutched in the ogre's sizeable me- plate-armoured fist. Some large wooden club spiked with sharp metal tines in an instant recall the chilling words of the green caped woman. It will come again and again until you are broken, till it has broken you at the behest of its master. An out snort, somewhat muffled behind the heavy iron visor of the helm. Helm, the fearsome or ogre, suddenly charges, bounding towards you at unnerving speed. So I have checks, I need to be 75 to do them. They are telekinesis, shadow magic, elementalism and fortification. Archery is the only one I can do, so I will. Succeeded, 24 XP to archery. You draw your bow and notch an hour, taking aim at the charging ogre. The feathered shaft whistles as it streaks through the air, embedding itself deep in the creature's left leg. The ogre staggers forward and drops to his knees, howling in agony as he tears the hour from his flesh and casts the bloodied missile aside. With a loud snort. swiftly followed by a deafening war, the fearsome org again charges, bounding towards you with unnerving speed. Okay, telekinesis, shadow magic, elementalism, fortification and archery are the options. I can now use all of them. I'll give fortification a go. Succeeded. 24 XP to fortification. You channel your power of fortification. A wall of shimmering red sparkles appears in front of you, only a split second before the ogre's arrival. The savage creature slams headlong into your magical barrier and collapses into a heap on the ground with an agonised bellow. The armoured creature rises to his, to his knees. For a loud snort, swiftly followed by a deafening in savage war, the fearsome ogre again charges, bounding towards you with unnerving speed. Okay, same options again, this time elementalism. S- succeeded, 16x speed to elementalism you channel your power of elementalism. Two mighty air-elementals answer your summons and swoop down out of the sky, roaring wildly as they slam into the charging ogre. The fearsome, armoured creature is cast backwards by the devastating force of their unseen attack and collapses into a heap on the ground. The elementals swiftly, swiftly depart, with an agonized and with an agonized bellow, a fearsome ogre rises to his knees. For a loud snort, swiftly followed by a deafening savage war, the fearsome ogre again charges, bounding towards you with unnerving speed. Alright, same five things again, this time Shadow Magic. It's worked for sixteen XP to Shadow Magic. We call upon your power, of Shadow Magic. The broad, long shadow cast by by the nearby elbow of a witch suddenly begins to whipple and weave with remarkable speed. The witch's shadow surges along the flat summit, and efficiently ensnares the charging ogre. As the armored creature struggles to free itself from the grip of the gloom, the massive shallow hurls him off, hurls him to the ground with tremendous force. As the shadow swiftly recedes, the ogre slowly wises to his knees. Expecting another charge, you keep your hardened gaze focused on the armored This time, however, with a loud series of snaffish snarls rising into the air, the fearsome beast begins to move with impossible speed, becoming little more than a grey blur as it streaks towards you. It's deadly club poised to strike. You bro you bro you valiantly attempt to fend off the ogre's blindingly fast attack. So pick a number. Bonus of sixty. Twenty from weaponry bashing. So I guess it's what whatever the weaponry sub skill is that of a weapon you're currently wielding. I guess if you had no weapon it would be unarmed, probably guess we we'll can like, probably what happens if I well I can't I can't really change it because it there's no time all right bonus 60 from weaponry bashing 20 from agility 10 from body 10 from luck all right total of gotta get a total of 90 oh, or it'll just plow straight into me pick now. 121 is a success. You manage to fend off the ogre's lightning-fast attacks, but the savage creature's deadly assault continues. Continuing to move at impossible speed, visible as nothing more than a grave blur. The savage, armour-clad ogre renews its deadly, frenzied assault. Alright, bonus. Pick a number. Bonus is 65. 20 from be bashing. 10. 20 from agility. 15 from body. And 10 from luck. Gotta get 80 or more. Or I'm going to be ploughed down. 106 success. You manage to fend off the ogre's lightning fast attacks. But the savage creature's deadly assault continues. Continuing to move with impossible speed. No visible is nothing more than a gray blur. The savage armor crowd ogre renews its deadly frenzied assault. same same check again but I only need to get 70 now. almost guaranteed success but let's see 131 success. you manage to fend off the ogre's lightning fast attacks. the savage creature's deadly assault continues. Continuing to move with impossible speed. Visible is nothing more than a grey blur. The savage armour clad ogre renews its friend's deadly frenzied assault. Alright, same check again. Pick now. 97 is success. You manage to fend off the ogre's lightning fast attacks. At last, the creature's deadly assault appears to be over. The ogre's motion rapidly returns to normal speed, and the savage creature raises its weighty spiked club and stomps toward you, snarling viciously with each thundering step. As the hulking beast draws closer, you take notes of a small, but unmistakable mark—the base of its thick leathery neck—there emblazoned upon the ogre's gray knotted flesh is the black silhouette of a clawed hand clutching an eye. The mark of Woundskin. Drawing yourself into a combat-ready stance, you boldly hold your ground and prepare to engage the immortal ogre's fearsome champion. It is a wound-marked ogre. I'm going to fight it. I'm going to kill it, but as we all say, Woundskin's champions... They don't stay dead. Although some of them might wish they were. The savage wound marked ogre champion swipes at you with this spiked club. Alright, what's well, anyway, the internet's a bit playing silly buggers for a bit. It keeps I'm keep I'm gonna keep bashing, it's gonna keep swiping. But we can't see it because Okay. Ooh, the enemy smashes through my defenses with a devastating blow for thirty-five damage. Okay, i Guy's gonna keep bashing it, bash, bashity, bash, 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 bash. smashes through my defenses with another devastating blow for twenty-five damage, and is now slain. One hundred and thirty-seven experience. With a final gruesome bellow, the massive ogre staggers back and topples over, striking the ground with enough force to send a small tremor racing beneath your feet. As you step back from the bloodied remains, a startling but now familiar transformation comes over the slain beast. The ogre's or- corpse are living in and the low rumble escapes from beneath the heavy iron visor that conceals the creature's face. With astonishing swiftness, the massive beast staggers to his feet and turns to face you, his fierce yellow eyes fixing you with a savage, hate filled glare. Suddenly, the, ar- the armored ogre begins to fade. In a matter of moments, you again find yourself face to face with the gruesome apparition you first encountered. In In the forest near Hawklaw, in the overgrown courtyard of the crumbling tower, slowly but steadily the image of the ogre dissolves, until there is no longer any sign of the creature to be had. The instant the last wisps of the ogre's image have faded, become aware of a low pulsing sound from somewhere nearby. What could it be? probably not good because that that sound that's the sound of a gate and very rarely do good things come from gates you know except, except when i'm coming through the gate from this side to to smash the things on the other side before they get to this side the pulsing the pulsing sound that fills the air swiftly rises and pitch and intense too Till it's suddenly replaced by a low, steady hum. The hum unexpectedly ceases, and a frail, bent man appears out of thin air only a few yards to the east. The dark cloaked man, his thin hands wrapped tightly around the haft of a small, tall wooden staff, straightens himself out somewhat and turns to face you. You immediately recognise the treacherous sorcerer, Glenoras. I'm relieved to know you obtained it, he says. Its low, wavering voice word above a whisper, and that you have managed to retain it. The dagger is the key to what lies ahead. And while I would, without question, prove a more reliable guardian of such an instrument, my proximity to a common foe makes such a proposition... Unwise. You, will know, angrily demand to know if the clues that led you to this spot were his. Clonorus nods. My first duty is to our master. He says, though you mustn't confuse obedience, wars of necessity, with loyalty forged of reverence. I will, I will maintain my subservience to the great o To the great ogre. Twin longer suits my purposes, which I dare say must echo your own unspoken desire. Do you not also seek to bring ruin to this cruel beast? The time chosen to effect his demise is nearly at hand. You would do well to drop your defiance and embrace him. It would put you that much closer to the breast into which your wicked blade will ultimately be plunged. Suddenly intrigued by the sorceress's startling admission. But recalling your previous encounter with him. You ask Ghanoris. Why does he hasn't told you this before now? Because he is always watching. And always listening. He says. As if he finds your inquiry highly assault me. Only now. As he has temporarily departed from his cursing woe, well seeking to strike a preemptive blow to some of his more powerful foes, till I find peace in my thought, and again enjoy the freedom of my own untainted tongue. I do apologize for the war for trying and cryptic fashion which were led here. Yet there was no other course for which I could safely opt. His spies are everywhere. I need time to make certain this meeting would remain undiscovered. I need you to try out even his weariest agents wouldn't pick up. Gloris Norris asks if you had any trouble with the Iron Otorok. He then told you he made certain the menacing creation would be unable to cause you harm. You begin to ask other questions, mentioning the names of Timuri and Wumbria crying about the woman you encountered near the crumbling tower, who first warned you about the likely return of the armoured ogre, Gnoros dismissed your questions with a frown and waves his bony hand. That is all a matter for another time, he says. I came here to deliver you something, for you must know the arrival of that armoured beast, something over which I cannot hope to exercise any control. My arrival along the shadow path. My arrival. May, may well have provided the creature a gateway. For it is certainly not my intention. Nearly proved disastrous. For I must say. continued success in the face. Face of such dire peril. Only spru- serves to prove. That the great ogre's unfaltering interest in you. Is still warranted. Still. I'll be more careful with my gated travel in the future. Gloria switches into his cloak, draws out a small black cloth pouch and tosses it to you. You cautiously discover the pouch contains three more of the flat, wound-marked stones. And now I have thirteen of them. It is neither simple to create those, nor safe to deliver them to you," he says, frowning. His pr- perilous preoccupation, and hows me this rare chance to present you to myself and to speak freely, even if only for these few minutes. Keep the stones and the dagger safe. Sensing glorious is preparing to depart, you ask him about Woundskin's perilous pre- preoccupation which you can only assume is connected with the Ogre's temporary departure from the Neville realm in which he resides. But, surprise, much to your surprise, the sorcerer's response is quick and thoughtful. As we speak, he undoubtedly finds himself in the realm of Clenorsa, facing the fires of the great dragons that roam its burning skies. It is a whelm tucked deep into the blackest reaches of the Neverness, guarded by beasts that Woundskin seeks to destroy before they unite against him. We can at least hope the firewing—the fiery whelm becomes his tomb, so that we, that I, we, are spared the bother that now lies ahead. But I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, it's just not narratively satisfying if you spend years and years building someone up, oh, and then they die off screen. In, in, in a way that had absolutely nothing to do with you at all. And all these schemes that you've been working on, that oh, they were for nothing. Not... Yeah, not satisfying, unless he's replaced, unless he's quickly replaced by an even greater villain. But that's, that's hard to pull off. Remember what I have told you, says Conorris, his voice growing faint. Suddenly, the frail sorcerer straightens up and twirls the tip of his staff. The next instance, he vanishes into thin air. Okay, but but where's the statue? That was what I was looking for. I was looking for the statue. Where is the statue? After taking a few moments to check over your equipment and to prepare for the lengthy climb down from the hill's summit, only taking a single step towards the edge of the slope when a sharp whistle fills the air. A violent rush of air shoots down your back and a heavy thud from behind shakes the earth, nearly knocking you off your feet. Spinning around, you stare wide-eyed at the large stone statue of a hawk, now embedded nearly two feet into the ground, less than a yard behind you. You immediately surrised the statue must have fallen from the sky. It It makes you cringe to think had you not taken the step. Stepped towards the edge of the hill only a moment ago. You would now be lying crushed beneath its bulky sculptured rock. You're about to step forward and examine the statue when the stone hawk is suddenly enveloped by a cloud of shimmering blue sparkles. Moments later, the shimmering cloud has vanished, leaving behind no trace of the large statue, save for the impression save the impression it made in the earth, confused and alarmed by the brief but bewildering turn of events, but suspecting of the involvement, you decide at once to embark on the long trek back to the heart hills in the southwest corner of the kingdom. Several small un- all-important incidents relay you, and you relay- delay your important July, you'll return to Hawk by almost an entire month. Oh, I kind of want to know what these incidents are. <laughs> Probably bandits? Maybe some goblins? Maybe I just maybe there's just a really big storm and I have to hide hiding in an inn for a week or two? When at last you find yourself back in the familiar surroundings of a remote settlement in the midst of the Heart Hills. You're both pleased and surprised to discover that the hawk statue, which came within a foot of ending your life on Greenfall Island, is once again proudly in the village square. Only a short, thin, newly acquired crack, the base of the large sculpt- sculpture, exists to portray its reason to deal. You immediately seek out Captain Millark over a steaming mug of paleo in his private room at the back of the outpost, tells you nearly a month ago the statue suddenly reappeared. I've no explanation for it. But with what these eyes of mine have seen over the years, and yours too, What's the se- what sense is that I'm puzzling over it? It's all part of what's played these thrills. You don't yet understand its significance. Maybe I never will, having said that. The folks in this vi- on the village are glad to have it back. And so am I. And I'm glad you're back safe and sound as well. You speak to Captain Millark at length, relating to him some of the more interesting but less revealing points of your search for the missing statue. You take care to make no mention of the strange glowing scraps of paper that led you from the forest. From the forest south of Falklaw to the Ironclaw Weapon Market in Tandus, and ultimately to the summit of the tallest hill on Greenhorn Island, where your second encounter with the Armoured Org, and your meeting with Brunoris took place. Where, when you finish your account, which the captain seems to regard with no end of fascination, tells you that part from to work, he and his men defeated on the brought of an edge of the village four days ago. Things have been quiet. Ooh, all by yourself. Well done. The occasional scuffle at the stone back, he says. But that's that's the doubtful nature of the drink, of course. Still, it's been quite well, quiet. More so than I've been accustomed to of late. Don't know if that bodes ill or not. but it's, It almost seems too quiet. Well, there's no point speculating on it. I'm imagine it's Wild will serve little useful purpose. I guess there's little point attacking the village if I'm not there to react to it. Because we all know that somehow his scheme eventually leads to me joining... Oh. Woundskin's scheme is supposed to lead to me becoming his immortal champion. Somehow although although really it, that is making that is making it so that is the job i would least like in the entire world <laughs> after taking your leave of captain millark you stroll to the middle of the village square and stand before the recently returned hawk statue gazing at the magnificent sculpture of the bird of prey you can't hope but feel something about it is different. But then, recalling the captain's notions of running our imaginations wild, he decide to guard against doing just that. Silently vowing to trouble yourself no further this evening over recent events, he turn and head towards the stone back. Following the comforting smell of wood smoke and the cheerful din spilling out of the tavern's open fire, fire-lit windows. A time unknown, the edge of the plain of screams, and the long-forgotten, and likely never-known, realm within the shadowy vastness of the neverness, perched on an outcropping of black rocks, sits the fortress of a mighty bone crowned lord. Woundskin sighed deeply, and winced as he shifted the bulk of his immense weight to his left leg, and stepped back from the edge of the chasm. The battle with the dra- great dragons of Klynisora proving far more difficult than he had, had admitted, anticipated, and far costlier than he was prepared to admit. He would heal. He only hoped the incident wouldn't invite further attacks. Could not yet they can't afford to become embroiled in another war. But the blue wounds that covered nearly every square inch of his leathery flesh suddenly began to emit a faint blow. The glow quickly faded, and the towering ogre again lowered his face to the fathomless gorge at his feet. He was into that pit to which he would ultimately cast Glenorus but only after the treacherous sorcerer had exhausted his last vestiges of worth. But paying him to consider it, the master of this dark and barren well knew, ch- knew the chasm might also be called to swallow his reluctant, courted champion, a human, a man upon whom his gaze had long ago fallen. Look, if you want me to be a champion... How about you just give me a dog job offer? You know, what are the pay? What are the conditions? What are the hours? Do I get a pension? Do I pension? Do you, do do you get? Is is there a is there a table tennis is there a table tennis thing in the office? Is there a cat in the office? <laughs> Do I get legal immunity from all the murders you ask me to do? There was, he, there was. He knew still time to prevent the drastic but inevitable consequence of his chosen subjects' continued defiance. In the sky above the plain whippled, and the rumble of thunder rolled across the bleak expanse of blackened ground, woundskin. His eyes still wandering the gloom-filled depths of the yoga, grumbled. Glenorus had returned. He knew he would soon learn the reason for that wretched hum- human's unexpected visit. And that finishes this adventure with 1024 experience to general and 128 experience to all skills and powers. Yes, <laughs> and that's that. Is there back back to Hawk The lo- uh, and the description has changed. The lot, the large statue of the majestic horse is once again sitting in the whiteful place, the centre of the village's main square. Thanks to you, of course. Only a small, thin crack at the base of the bulky sculpture serves to portray its recent ordeal. So, no... No new adventures have been unlocked. So, if there is something going on, if something new has been unlocked, it's a bit more subtle. Yes. Hmm... But I that mean there is something in Bentlim, ooh, somewhere on the road to Hawkclaw, is an event or a scenario, but that will be for next time. But until then, I'm once again going to save, and then farewell, fellow adventurers.